goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Wednesday, January 2017. And oh my goodness, I have a fantastic show for you guys today. I'm, oh, I'm pumped up. I'm excited. I'm really, this is going to be a good one. I'm, I, I, have, I have prepared a great podcast. I think it's very entertaining. I cannot wait to share what I have to say about sports. I want to start here. Let me tell you about two key moments in my life. Uh, these are vivid memories. These are things I remember so very clearly in my head. Uh, one of them is when I crashed my favorite car. And the second one is when my senior football season ended um, my, my senior year. So the first one, uh, I crashed my car on my way down to Los Angeles. I just gotten a job working on a movie. I was super excited and a car stopped in front of me. I rear-ended him. And I, I was miserable. I was crying. I was panicking. I didn't know what to do. I thought I lost my car. And this is my car that my younger brother gave me. This is my, this car is one of my prized possessions. And I, I had no idea what was going to happen next. I was freaking out. And that takes us to my senior football season. My senior football season ended. We lost. We played a game in Wenatchee, Washington on the eastern side. It was freezing cold. You know, they came out with no undershirts. Their bare bellies are ch- showing their chest. They don't care. They're all shirtless. And me, I'm in, I'm in three long-sleeved, long-sleeved-layered uh, shirts. I mean, I'm freezing cold. And when the season came to an end, I didn't panic. I was fine. I knew that I was going to play football again someday. I knew I would play in college. I already had, I knew where I was going. It was all set in stone. I was fine. I wasn't worried at all. I had no panic. Now, the key to the reason why I didn't panic, why I panicked in one situation, and when I, I panicked when I crashed my car, I didn't panic when I, my senior season ended. The key was I knew what was going to happen. I didn't panic because I knew what was going to happen next. On Monday night, the Cleveland Cavaliers lost to the Golden State Warriors 118 to 108. And everybody panics. Everybody, all the Cavs fans, everybody in Cleveland, everybody's just like, oh, the Cavs don't have it. I'm reading headlines like the Cleveland Cavaliers may not make it out of the East. The Cavs, uh, do the Cavs regret trading Kyrie Irving to the Celtics? The Cavs-Warriors rivalry is non-existent. The Cavs are falling apart. Why? Why are we panicking? Why is everybody freaking out? We know what's going to happen next. We, we know what's going to happen. We've seen this every single year. LeBron James is going to struggle in the regular season. And then when he gets to the playoffs, he's going to kick it into gear, turn it on, and dominate the East. He dominates the Eastern Conference every single year in the playoffs. Last season, he was the second seed. He was the number two seed in the playoffs, and he still made it. He made it look easy, too. The regular season doesn't matter. Everybody's panicking and ready to give up on the Cavaliers. It makes me sick. It's ridiculous. It's just, it's actually, it's not even, it doesn't make me sick. It's funny. It's, it's really, it's comedic to me. You know, in January last season, the Cleveland Cavaliers were seven and eight. They had a losing record in January. (laughs) A losing record in January. You know, last, you know, Monday, January 16th, 2017, last year, the Cavaliers lost to the Golden State Warriors 126 to 91. And then two years ago on January 18th, 2016, they lost to the Warriors 132 to 98. And then even, let's go back three years ago, on January 9th, 2015, the Warriors lost 112 to 94. We have seen this before. It's, it's hilarious to me. 
You know, it's funny. We, we've seen the exact same cycle repeat over and over and over again. I live in Washington. Where I live in Washington, um, it will snow a couple times a year. And the first time it snows every single year, there's about three days where cars are sliding all over the place. They're slamming into each other. People are crashing. Every single year, people forget how to drive in the snow. So when the snow first hits, everybody freaks out. They don't know how to drive in the snow. And my question always is, why don't we remember how to drive from the snow last year? Like, don't you remember last year? Don't you remember the accident you got into last year? Why do we suddenly forget how to drive this year? Why does it change every single year? We're doing the exact same thing with the calves. We need to learn from the previous years. We are seeing the same cycle over and over and over again. The calves, this is what happens with the calves. The calves struggle in the regular season. They look bad in January, and then they turn it on in the playoffs. Every single year, LeBron James has been with the Cavs. That is what has happened. Relax. Everybody needs to relax. The Cavs will be fine. LeBron James does this every single year. He's going to turn it on in the play. We know what's going to happen. Why are we forgetting? We know what's going to happen. I didn't panic when my senior football season ended because I knew I was going to play again. I knew what was going to happen next. We know what's going to happen next. We know LeBron James is going to be okay. He's going to turn it on in the NBA playoffs. We've seen it year in, year out. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers are just fine. We're seeing the same cycle repeat every single year. This is just another year and another cycle. Relax. Put your pitchforks away. The sky is not falling. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be just fine. All right. Um... Today's been a tough day. Today has been a a really tough, uh, a tough day here. I, I go to Washington State University. It's been a tough day up here in Pullman. Uh, yesterday, Tyler Helinski, uh, Washington State's starting quarterback, uh, starting quarterback, the quarterback from last year that was the incumbent, assumed quarterback for next year, uh, was found dead in his apartment. Uh, it's an apparent suicide. It's awful. And I, I want to say this briefly. I made a video about it. If you've lost a loved one or if you are thinking about suicide, Go get help. Go talk to someone. You know, my brother committed suicide my freshman year. It's awful. It is the the worst thing anybody can go through on either side of it. If you're, you know, I waited a year to go see a therapist. If you are struggling with losing someone, go talk to somebody. Go get help. And on the other, on the flip side, my younger brother never told me that he was struggling. My younger brother never said, hey, Zach, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm struggling with this or that. If you're struggling, go talk to someone. On either side of suicide, whether you're dealing with the effects of suicide or you're someone who is considering suicide and having suicidal thoughts, go get help. I can't say that enough. Uh, The suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. If you are struggling with the thought of suicide on either side of it, either aspect, whatever angle you have, Go get help. You can find me on social media. I will help you. I'll do everything I can. I want to prevent people from committing suicide. It's awful. It's the worst thing that I've ever been through. I remember crying on the floor of my shower. Suicide is awful. It is the worst thing in the world. Uh, It's been a tough day, but preparing Strong Opinion Sports, uh, it really, it lifted my spirit. It's super late at night. I needed to take some time today. I was was really struggling. But uh, let me tell you, Strong Opinion Sports, this is my favorite thing in the entire world world. I love it. I love preparing the show. I love writing. I love being creative. It's a blast. It's, I mean, I, I'm not kidding. I was, I was, I was really having a tough day and, and I started writing the show. I sat down to prepare strong opinion sports. 
bam, like a switch flipped. I, I went crazy. I wrote, I wrote, you know, 20, 21 pages for Strong Opinion Sports today. It's a meaty show. It's a thick show. And I am so very excited. God, I love it. I have a great show planned. We are going to talk a little bit about uh, the Steelers coaching issues. We're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks just hired a new offensive coordinator. Uh, it's black and white. Is it good or is it bad? We'll talk about that. Alabama, I am convinced, is going to be back in the national championship next season. You will hear why up ahead. And Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady hurt his hand. Uh, we're going to talk about that. It's interesting. Tom Brady hurt his hand. He missed practice today. We'll talk about that later down the road. And I have, I have two theories. I have two. Uh, they're they're kind of conspiracy theory type things, but they're fun, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun show. It's gonna be a great great episode of Strong Opinion Sports. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. It is coming to Spotify and Google Play very soon. Uh, I have entered all of the forms as of tonight. Now it's out of my hands. I need to make it happen. Share Strong Opinion Sports with your friends. If you love this podcast as much as I love doing it, maybe you don't love it as much as I do. Maybe just like it. You're passively a fan of it. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share this with your friends. I, I want to grow. This is my passion. This is what I would love to do for a living. I, I think I'm pretty good at it. It's fun. I like it. If you agree, if you like this podcast, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. There's a link. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter, whatever it is. However you are observing this podcast, share the link on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, or tell your friends about it face-to-face. Thank you so very much. I, I love it. I love this show so very much. Uh, I want to get into this next. Ben Roethlisberger recently said uh, in a radio interview, I think it's on, on his own radio show in Pittsburgh, he said that he's not allowed to audible to a quarterback sneak at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> I mean, if you uh, Big Ben is clearly very frustrated. He's taking shots at the coaching in Pittsburgh. It's, it's pretty outrageous what's happening. In fact, if you look at it, you know, Big Ben is 18 of 19 on quarterback sneaks. They haven't run one since 2014, and it's kind of weird. You would think, hey, like, why can't my quarterback do that? He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He should have that kind of power. But the real story is Big Ben's just frustrated. He's very, very tired of the coaching he's receiving in Pittsburgh. It's interesting, as well today, Todd Haley, the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive coordinator, was let go. He was not fired, but his contract was up, and they— they just let it end. They didn't, they didn't try to resign him. They just let him, let him go. They let him walk away. I think this is a really, really good move. This is a great move for Pittsburgh. And here's why. There is a big coaching issue with the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a huge coaching issue in Pittsburgh. L- let me tell you why. So they have three Hall of Famers. They have Big Ben at quarterback, Antonio Brown at wide receiver. Antonio Brown's unbelievable. And you have Le'Veon Bell, a fantastic running back, the highest paid running back in the NFL, probably a Hall of Fame running back. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He can run. He has great vision. Le'Veon Bell is incredible. You have three Hall of Fame stars on your roster. And you also have other stars. You have Juju Smith-Schuster. You're loaded. Your roster is loaded with stars. And, and in high school, I played a team called Evergreen High School, and they had D1 guys everywhere. I mean, they had like six Division one guys, they had a quarterback that's now at Boise State. They have a receiver who's at Wyoming, running back at Montana, a receiver at Montana, a linebacker at Idaho, another linebacker at Portland State. I mean, this team was loaded, and yet they could never beat my high school. My high school, you know, I was 
I was like the only guy that really played college football. I, I played small school college football. Another guy I played with walked on at another school. But I mean, they were far, far more talented than we were. And yet they not only could they not beat us, they were never even close. We won because we had better coaching. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the exact same way. They lost to the Patriots. They've now lost to the Jaguars. Uh, they're loaded with talent. But the Steelers have a coaching issue. So now my next question is, is dropping Todd Haley enough? You know, we, you got rid of the offensive coordinator, Todd Haley. Maybe Big Ben is happy. But, but is he? Like, will this satisfy Big Ben? Is this enough? Because you have a very short window. You have this insane collection of Hall of Famers and just stars everywhere on the Steelers roster. You have this brief window. And you can't fire Mike Tomlin. I mean, you have a brief window to be successful. You can't fire Mike Tomlin, though, can you? I mean, Mike Tomlin's won two Super Bowls. Mike Tomlin's incredible. However, if you can't make it happen with this talented of a group, if you can't win a Super Bowl with this incredible roster, that's a huge stain on the resume of Coach Mike Tomlin. It's a huge stain. It looks, it looks terrible. If you can't win with this roster, what, what do you expect? What can you win with, guys? And let's look at the recent events that have happened in Pittsburgh. I mean, you had the head coach, Mike Tomlin, tripping a player a couple of years ago. You have assistant coaches getting into fights. Facebook Live, the running backs asking for more money. I don't have an answer. I don't know who a, I don't have a, the problem with uh, trying to replace Mike Tomlin is that, you know, you can't, there's just not a lot of coaches around the NFL. There's not a lot of great coaches in the NFL. And Mike Tomlin's a good coach. He's a good enough coach. Who are you going to replace him with? That's, that's a big problem. But what if, I mean, what if? What if Mike Tomlin can't win a Super Bowl with this st- group of stars? Three Hall of Famers, a bunch of other guys, Juju Smith-Schuster, tons of stars. If, if Mike Tomlin can't make it happen, I mean, what do we do? I, I, I will not call for someone's job. I, I don't. You know, my, my, dad was, my dad was fired once in 2011. It was awful. It, it, it really sucks. I'm not calling for anyone's job. I'm just pointing out, you know, if, if you can't make it happen here, how, how are you going to make it happen? Like, it, w- at what point are we like, hey, Big Ben, this isn't working? Because, you, again, you have three, four years maybe left with it. Maybe. If you're generous, like on, on the extremely generous side, you have four years left with Big Ben. But, but let's be honest, maybe two? Maybe three? I mean, I don't know. I don't think Big Ben's eating kale like Tom Brady is. I don't think, I don't, I, you know, Drew Brees is legendary for his work ethic in the weight room. Uh, Big Ben is not. Big Ben, I think he's going to decline very quickly. When, when he declines, bam, it's going to be over. You need to capitalize on what you have right now. I'm not calling for anyone's job. God forbid, I would never say someone should be fired. I, I, I just, that's not how I operate. I'm, I, I know people are, there are humans that have these jobs. My dad lost a job once again. It's, it's, a, it's a really tough thing. But I'm pointing out, is this, you fired Todd Haley. Is this enough? Will this be enough to push the Steelers over the hump? Does this satisfy Big Ben? And if you can't make it happen, what does it say about Mike Tomlin? If Mike Tomlin can't win with this group, this collection of incredible superstars, what, what can he win with? Because, I mean, I'm just saying, they're, they're unbelievable. And, and Evergreen had six Division I guys on their team, and yet they couldn't even come close to beating us. This scrappy team that didn't have a lot of great athletes, we were just well-coached. And the obvious, the obvious thing I see with the Pittsburgh Steelers is, I, the Steelers are not well coached. 
The Steelers have a coaching issue, and they need to figure out something. They need to find some kind of solution, because if they don't win a Super Bowl with this incredible group of stars, it would be a huge missed opportunity. Uh, Another piece of news uh, from the last couple days, the Seattle Seahawks, my favorite team, just hired a new offensive coordinator they, they fired Daryl Bevel they you know after seven years they were done with Daryl Bevel they, they not only they didn't just release him like the Steelers did Todd Haley they fired Daryl Bevel and so what they brought in was Brian Schottenheimer and I don't know here's what I know about Brian Schottenheimer Brian Schottenheimer is the young he's the son of the well-respected former head coach Marty Schottenheimer so he's been around football his whole life he's always he's football's pretty much probably been all he's known I also am told that uh, Brian Schottenheimer is good with the running game, which is great. I mean, we have we have problems. We I say we trying to be objective. I'm not though. I, I love the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, I also love the 49ers, which is weird. I don't know how to I don't know how to rectify that. Uh, I, I, Jimmy Garoppolo is a great story. I'm sorry, but I know that you know Brian Schottenheimer is rumored to be the guy who will help fix the Seattle Seahawks running game. I also know that he was the Jets' offensive coordinator when they went to back to back. AFC championships. And here's what, here, here for some perspective, Brian Schottenheimer was able to win a lot of games with Mark Sanchez. Like, remember when Mark Sanchez was not god awful and Mark Sanchez had a couple years, you're like, oh, maybe he's going to turn into something. That was because of Brian Schottenheimer. So if you can win with Mark Sanchez, just imagine what Brian Schottenheimer can do with Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I just can't imagine. I, I'm as a Seahawks fan, and if you're a Seahawks fan, maybe you hate the Seahawks. I'm hopeful that this is a good hire for the Seahawks. I don't know. I mean, I'm really. Time will own. Yes, time will tell. But I know he runs a pro style offense, which is similar to what Russell Wilson ran uh, in Wisconsin. I, I like that. I think it'll fit. I think he's going to help the running game. Seems like a good hire from the Seahawks standpoint. All right, my name is Zach Schaumer. I'm going to take a short break. Down the road, Tom Brady hurt his throwing hand. Uh, what's going to happen? What's, what's the effect of that? And, and, and what do we not know about that story? I also have two pretty crazy theories. That's going to be fun down the road. Uh, but immediately next, why I believe Alabama is going back to the college football playoff and why I think they will probably win another national championship. It's not what you think. It's not to a tag by low. It's not, it's not the obvious one. You can't subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting, short, about four or five-minute clips. Uh, We're coming to Spotify very soon and Google Play as well. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you love Strong Opinion Sports, I love Strong Opinion Sports. It's my favorite thing I do. You can help me a ton by telling your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Uh, However you're watching this, it's on iTunes or Spotify, YouTube, I don't know. There's a way to share a link. Share the link on Facebook, on Twitter, Probably not. Instagram is kind of weird with linkage, but tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I would really appreciate it. It would help me grow even more, and I I would love all the support you guys. You guys have given me a ton of support. We've grown to now over 300 subscribers uh, since August 31st. That's awesome. Let's continue to grow. Continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. All right, I am back. I don't know if you guys know this. My vision someday for Strong Opinion Sports is to have, you know, probably do less of the subscribe and share, shorten that down quite a bit. And I would hope to someday be doing an ad read in my breaks. So, like, this segment is sponsored by Reach Floss, the best brand of floss. And that's actually something I believe, by the way. That's, like, my dream sponsorship. If you don't floss, you should floss. It's great. Uh, but but that's, that's kind of – I want to share with you guys, if you don't know, 
that is my vision. That's where I see strong opinion sports going eventually. It's having, you know, brief little, at those little break points, it would be, this is sponsored by this and that, and it'd be my full-time job. That's what I hope. I, I want you guys to know, I looked at Alabama's schedule and, oh man, <laughs> they are, it's, it's, they are going back. They are going back to the national championship. It's pretty unreal. It's, I, I was, I was surprised when I looked at their schedule. They have, they have 12 games. Obviously, every team has 12 games. Seven home games next season. One neutral field and only four away games all season. <laughs> I mean, so that, that alone is impressive. But then hear, hear about the rest of this. Every single away game has a cupcake before the game, leading into that game. Except for Tennessee, but, the, you know, that's, I mean, they do play Missouri before Tennessee. But Tennessee is, you know, it's Tennessee. It's not that tough of a not that tough of an away game. They also, before LSU, they have a bye week. Uh, before Ole Miss, they have they play Arkansas State. They play Louisiana Lafayette before they play Arkansas. That's sort of all. Every single away game, other than Tennessee, has a cupcake right before them. They also play Texas A&M at home. You know, Jimbo Fisher, they'll play him at home. They'll play Mississippi State at home. They're going to play Missouri and Drew Locke. The Missouri quarterback's pretty awesome. They'll play him at home. They also play Auburn. They play the Iron Bowl at home. Their schedule is unbelievable. Fine, <laughs> I add. So not only do they play, they have a bye week before they play at LSU. They also have, they play Citadel right immediately before they play Auburn. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's basically a bye week. Nick Saban has figured it out. Uh, let me tell you, Nick Saban knows exactly what he's doing. He has figured out how to have a great, pro- I mean, they don't play Georgia. They don't play Florida. Alabama's schedule is set up for them to have a great season and not only succeed, but dominate. Again, seven of their 12 games are at home. One of them is a neutral field against Louisville, who will not have Lamar Jackson because he's leaving for the NFL draft. So they play Louisville, not a great game, on a neutral field. Oh, Louisville. They have seven home games, one neutral field game, only four away games. And again, before every single away game other than Tennessee, which is a joke, they have a cupcake leading into that game. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Alabama's going back to the college football playoff. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, here, here are their three toughest games. If you're Alabama, their three toughest games are Ole Miss, who doesn't have a quarterback. Their program is in turmoil. Again, they play at LSU, but they have a bye week. And they're playing Missouri at home against Drew, Drew Locke. But again, he's not a mobile quarterback. They get to play him at home. It's, it's a good matchup. I mean, man, Alabama's schedule is set up for them to go back to the national championship. It's it's like, wow. Nick Saban is in command very strongly in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban has a firm grasp on success. It's unbelievable. And it's funny, a question gets often asked to me. You know, people always ask, why is Nick Saban so dominant in college football, yet he couldn't make it happen in the NFL? I got asked by my friend Spencer this today. Um, it's very simple. It's very easy. There are two obvious reasons why this is the case. The first one's control. Nick Saban has all of the power in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Nick Saban controls everything. You know, in the NFL, you have to deal with a crazy owner. You have to do this. You have to do that. He has no owner. He's a top dog in Tuscaloosa. He doesn't have to answer to even boosters. Like, even if the boosters in Alabama try to come after him, he can say, what? I'll leave. I'll go to Texas. They'll give me way more money. I mean, seriously, like, Nick Saban can do whatever he wants. He runs Alabama. And it's funny, you know. The other option, so he has all the power in the world. He controls everything in college. Nick Saban also did not have a quarterback. The one time Nick Saban has tried to be a head coach in the NFL, didn't have a quarterback. 
Now, Bill Belichick, by the way, the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick, got fired because he did not have a quarterback. You need a quarterback to win in the NFL. You need to at least be competent to great. <laughs> when, when Nick Saban, get this, when Nick Saban was a head coach of the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> I mean, his quarterback was Gus Farratt. It's worse than I thought. I thought it was going to be, I, I thought, you know, probably Chad Henney. It was worse than I thought. He had Gus Farratt and Sage Rosenfelds on his roster. <laughs> That's, that is terrible. You, can, you cannot win in the NFL with Gus Farratt at age 34. It just doesn't happen. It's unheard of. Gus Farratt and Sage Rosenfelds, and yet you're surprised. Why did Nick Saban win in the NFL? He didn't have all the control he wanted. He didn't get Drew Brees, the quarterback he wanted, because Drew Brees chose... New Orleans instead of Miami, which is a crazy decision in theory, but that's what Drew Brees chose. It's funny, man. It's like <laughs> Nick Saban did not get the break he desired in the NFL. And we ask, why, why don't teams go to like uh, the Cardinals? Because the Cardinals don't have a quarterback. You can't win without a quarterback. At least not historically NFL. Maybe you have a great defense, you know, like the Jaguars this year, the Vikings this year, the 85 Bears, but that's once in a blue moon. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback, you cannot win in the NFL. You can win in college without a quarterback. We've seen Nick Saban do it time and time again. But again, here's why Nick Saban has been so dominant in college, yet cannot, could not win in the NFL. Again, he has total control in college, and he didn't have a quarterback when he went to the NFL. You know, another interesting tidbit about Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, Brian Dable, Brian Dable, Dable, I don't know how to say his name, uh, the Alabama offensive coordinator has left Tuscaloosa to go to the Buffalo Bills to be a coach. <laughs> and that, that is what is so incredible about Nick Saban. Every single, it seems like every single year he loses an offensive coordinator. Every, every single year we're trying to figure out who's the next Alabama offensive coordinator. <laughs> you know, I, I'm always impressed because there, there are kids that live in the same house with the same parents who are well off their entire lives. They never move. They never have to change their bedroom. And I've always been really impressed with the kids who do well with, they, they have to deal with divorce. You know, their mom's a dr- has a drug issue. They moved around a lot. I've always respected people who could make it happen through chaos. If you can be successful through chaos, I mean, that's the kind of girls I'm attracted to. If, uh, maybe it's a character flaw. I don't know. But when I see a girl who's, who's made it despite all of this uh, things she's been up against, that's, that's impressive to me. All the chaos. If you can make it through the chaos, I've always been impressed with that. Think about this. Nick Saban has now had a new offensive coordinator three years in a row. And he had two years with Lane Kiffin and Lane Kiffin left. Not to mention, here's the thing. These are his assistants recently. These are all the guys Nick Saban has worked with over the years. Mark D'Antonio, Jimbo Fisher, Will Muschamp, Derek Dooley. You may not remember him. He was the old Tennessee coach. Jim McElwain, Kirby Smart. Not to mention more recently... Nick Saban has had Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian. And guess what? The new rumor is in Tuscaloosa. The new rumor in Alabama is that the new offensive coordinator for Alabama will be the former Ole Miss head coach, Hugh Freeze. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's great drama. It's a ton of fun. I love this. Uh, If you don't remember, Hugh Freeze was fired and let go by Ole Miss after eight. Crazy scandal. Um, he was tied to a female escort service. He had a ton of phone calls on his phone. He'd broken numerous NCAA violations. It was only a matter of time, really, before the NCAA cracked down on him. 
you you may have watched. You, I, I'm sure I, if you haven't watched Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, I don't know what to say. But I know that in Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, there is a thing called the Island of Misfit Toys, and and basically the Island of Misfit Toys is where all the broken or messed up toys that Santa can't use go to seek refuge. So all the broken toys that nobody wants end up on the Island of Misfit Toys. That That's the story. Like, Rudolph, if you look at Rudolph, it's actually pretty, pretty, it's, like, pretty awful. The story is like, oh, God, the guy left his dad. It, it's a horrible story. But um, Alabama is the Island of Misfit Toys. It's funny. You know, think Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, nobody wanted to touch those guys with a 10-foot pole. And yet, one man's trash is Nick Saban's treasure and he's back at it again with Hugh Freeze he has found a guy that nobody wants nobody will touch with a 10-foot pole nobody believes Hugh Freeze can be a great coach and yet Nick Saban's like I'll take a chance on him I'll I'll do it I've done it I did it with Lane Kiffin I did it with Steve Sarkeesian why not I've had success doing this before I think it's a great move I mean you're getting a a guy a head coach caliber guy to be your offensive coordinator it's going to rehabilitate Hugh Freeze we've seen it everybody stays about one year they get out of there with Nick Saban Alabama has become the island of misfit toys. When you have a problem, when there's a big stigma over it, because here's the thing, every coordinator leaves uh, Nick Saban. Everybody, Nick Saban's now had to dig farther and farther and farther down into his pocket to find great coaches. The way Nick Saban does it now, it's, it's genius. He takes great coaches that are great that no one will touch. So he gets way more bang for his buck. He gets coaches that are far above his pay grade. Yet because no one wants to hire them, they take a chance with Nick Saban. It's genius. Nick Saban is getting coaches no one wants, and Alabama is basically the island of misfit toys. Nick Saban is making, taking one man's trash and turning it into his own treasure. It's it's fantastic. It's impressive. I love that about Nick Saban. Nick Saban is, <laughs> he's remarkable. He's outsmarted everybody. He's just a fantastic coach, uh, and I, I cannot cease to be impressed with him. All right, enough about Alabama. I, you know, I, I've been talking too much. It's like three topics in a row about Alabama. Let me shift gears to this. I chose to do a sports podcast. When I, when I wanted to do a podcast, there were all kinds of topics I could have chosen. I wanted to do sports I, because I love sports. Sports were my favorite thing in the world. But it was a very, uh, it was a very specific choice. I, I knew what I wanted to do. I, I could have probably done a very interesting politics podcast. I really could have. I could have done a politics show, got a lot of people angry, riled people up, been very polarizing. Uh, the problem is I know the internet. I know the internet and I know how people work. I'm going to get tons of hate. No matter what I say, good, bad, right, wrong, it doesn't matter. I would get tons and tons of hate. And if I'm going to get hate, it's going to be over something that is inconsequential. Like I said, George's backup quarterback should transfer. You can send me death threats all you want. I don't really care. Or, you know, this guy's not an NFL quarterback. That's fine. Hate me for that. But sports, again, sports is a pretty inconsequential topic. It's not something that really matters in the scheme of things. Like abortion is life or death. If if I had an opinion about abortion, like and everybody hated me, I'm like, well, I mean, ugh, that's that's a life or death situation. I don't want to do that. At the end of the, at the end of the day, sports are entertainment. Sports is entertainment. Doesn't matter if you if you hate me for my opinion about the Crimson Tide, I can shake it off. I don't care. It's fine. You can be mad at me all you want. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Uh, But not one guy. In fact, one guy cannot shake off what's happening, and it has followed him home. It has followed him to work. It's awful. It is really awful. Um, So in 
Kentucky's bowl game, uh, a a player for Kentucky was ejected for making contact with a referee. And Kentucky fans are going after this ref. It is incredibly inappropriate. It is awful. The things that are happening, I mean, people are sending letters to his work, his house. They're sending him death threats. They're coming after this guy. And when I hear stories like this, when I hear stories like, you know, a, a quarterback for Washington State died, or a guy is getting death threats because of something he did in a football game. That's awful. I mean, you got to remember, we talk about real people. This show, Strong Opinion Sports, we talk about real, living, breathing human beings. Not just some random person in Arkansas. Everybody we criticize, everybody we talk about is a real, actual person. And at the end of the day, sports are just not that important. Sports are not so important that we need to send someone death threats. Uh, It's okay to criticize. I, I really believe. I think it's okay to be critical of something. But guys, come on. This is unacceptable. To go to someone's home, to follow someone to their work, unacceptable. Grow up. You get, Kentucky, that is unacceptable. I can't believe people would do that. That's, that's insanity. Sports should not be life or death. It is not that important. Grow up and move on. Like Kentucky fans, you've lost so much over the years. You should be used to this by now. You should, be, you should know how to lose with class because you've lost so much over the years. Sorry, I'm getting fired up. It makes me angry. You think someone death threats over a call they made in a football game? doesn't matter. doesn't matter. This is not life or death. This is sports, entertainment, for fun. Criticize me. Come after me. Hate me all you want. You can't send someone death threats for something they did in a football game. It's unacceptable. It's, it's not acceptable. You need to grow up. You need to move on. I'm sick. And when I heard that about Kentucky fans, I was sick. I, it just... <sighs> deep breath. <laughs> it's, uh, can't do that. You can't do that. Sports are not that important. Not at all. Move on. Grow up. It makes me sick. My name is Zach Schaumler. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I have three more stories. Uh, they're good ones, too. You know, Tom Brady hurt his hand. I'm going to talk about the Cardinals coaching job. I have, I have some crazy theories. It'll be fun. Uh, I have a theory about the NFL ratings. Uh, why are they actually dropping? The ratings are way down for the NFL. I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to mention politics. I'm not going to mention Colin Kaepernick. I have a different theory uh, that is really fun because there's a big, there's a big media overreaction I want to talk about. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find my full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my shorter, best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this show, um, tell your friends about it. Help me grow by doing that. By the way, I got to say it. You know, I didn't, I get fired up, uh, I get a lot of hate on the internet, so when I see someone else get hate, I want to stand up for them. That's You can't do what they did to Kentucky. I, I, I just, I didn't mean to lose my composure. You, you just can't do that. That's, that's, you can't treat people that way. It's unacceptable. It's not right. Please tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Uh, my name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. All right, I'm back. My name is Zach Schaumler. I, uh, <laughs> I uh, had an awkward interaction today in, in school. Um, normally I use pens. Pens are, I think, in my opinion, the definitive writing tool. They're the best way. They don't break. They're great. And I'm in guitar class today, and my teacher says, pull out a pen. We need to take notes. And I'm like, a, a pen in, in guitar? I mean, I haven't. I don't even bring a pen to guitar class. I bring my little guitar bag and the book that comes with the class, and that's it. I mean, I don't, I don't worry about a pen at all. We don't take notes in that class. We just play guitar. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. So I know I have, to, I have to tap the guy on the shoulder. Hey, man, do you have a pen? And of course, obviously, the guy turns around next to me and he goes, I have a pencil. 
I'm like, oh, crap. And you can guess what happens next. I, I, <laughs> I broke the pencil. And I'm like, well, what do I, I do? So I have to go back to this kid. The awkward question. I know, I know you gave me a pencil. I really appreciate it. Can I get another one? Do you, I mean, do you have another? Do you have a pen or something? Because I, I just, you know, I, I broke the pencil. And I, that is why I use, pens are the greatest. If you don't use a pen, I don't know, you're missing out. They're the definitive writing tool. They're the best way to write. I just want to go on a little rant today. It's it just a awkward little interaction I had. And again, why am I using a pen in guitar class? I don't understand. I fundamentally, like, we play guitar. Why Why are you making us take notes in guitar class? I just, we've never done it all year. Suddenly, that's what we do. It's like, okay, all right, I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, um, so a news story came out of Foxborough today. Uh, Tom Brady hurt his throwing hand and missed some practice time. And I don't know. I mean, he didn't just miss practice. It sounds like he missed practice in general. And, and I don't know what to make of that. I really don't. You know, uh, they, the, the Patriots say it's a jammed finger. Now, I played quarterback. I never once missed practice for a jammed finger. I, I'm not going to. I jam my finger. I can still throw a football. I'm fine. Uh, but we, the truth is the story just came out. So we don't really know. We'll know more tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm going to speculate. I'm going to speculate. You can hate me. You can get all angry. Do whatever you want. Um, I, I think this is potentially what might have happened. Again, be angry, whatever. It's a speculation. I don't know as I don't know very much. The story just came out, but here's what I think could have happened. Tom Brady is incredibly aware of his legacy. He's very uh, acutely aware of what people think of him, how he looks, how uh, his brand is. TV twelve. He he cares about what you and I think about him. Tom Brady, you know, doesn't want Jimmy Garoppolo around. He wants to play. He always says he wants to play till he's 45. He looks younger somehow now than he did in, when he was 22. It's like it's like unbelievable. Brady, he's the only person I know. He's like Benjamin Button. He gets older and looks younger. It's weird. Um, I think this is possible. Uh, I think it's possible that Tom Brady looks at the Jaguars' defense. He knows they're incredibly talented. He knows they're like an all-time great defense. And having a hurt hand would give Tom Brady an out. Tom Brady hurts his hand. Maybe maybe he struggles. Maybe he has a bad game. God forbid. Maybe they lose. If they lose to the Jaguars, or if Tom Brady has a, a rough kind of a, a game where he has a ton of incompletions, a bad passer rating, maybe Tom Brady struggles against the Jaguars. Uh, the narrative will now be, well, he did hurt his throwing hand. He did hurt one one of the fingers on his throwing hand. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm not saying there's a giant conspiracy behind this. Could be nothing. But maybe, just maybe, Tom Brady, who's incredibly aware of his legacy, who's incredibly aware of what people think about him, just gave himself an out. He wanted an excuse that if he struggles or has a bad game, or again, God forbid they lose, maybe Tom Brady just wanted an excuse to say, I hurt my hand, it was rough, man. And, and everyone in the narrative, I mean, think about the Boston newspapers. Well, they, can, they don't have a bad word to say about the Patriots. They're going to defend Tom Brady to his end. You had a hurt hand. You had a hurt. He hurt his throwing hand. That's the narrative. Tom Brady just, I think, it's very possible. The guy who's incredibly aware of his legacy, incredibly aware of what people think, made a tactical move that if he struggles against the Jaguars, he now has an out. Everyone thinks it's going to be a blowout. I mean, the Vegas line's really crazy. Everyone thinks that the the Jaguars are going to get destroyed by the Patriots. I think this is kind of fishy. I think, you know, we're looking for a reason to think, could this be a competitive game? I know I'm drumming up interest. I'm doing everything I can. Is it possible that Tom Brady just gave himself an out? Maybe Tom Brady's more nervous about this game than we think. I don't know. 
all speculation. I'm just saying, I never once missed practice for a jammed finger. So maybe that's not what happened. But if it is what happened, maybe Tom Brady's just looking for a reason, an excuse. That if he has a bad game against the Jaguars, he can lean on that. I don't know. Food for thought. There's another news story today. Uh, Mike uh, Munchak, the, I probably pronounced that wrong, the Steelers offensive line coach, turned down a chance for a second interview with the Arizona Cardinals. <sighs> Man, I, I, uh, I think the Arizona Cardinals are in trouble. It, think, think about the hottest jobs right now in the end of the hottest, the best, most interesting coaching jobs uh, in the NFL right now. The Lions, the Colts, the Titans, and the Giants. All of those jobs, again, the Lions, the Colts, the Titans, and the Giants, they all either have a quarterback or the Giants have the number two overall pick and will have a quarterback. Who wants to coach in Arizona? Like, who wants to go coach in Arizona? You have no quarterback, you don't have a great roster, and you play in an incredibly talented division. You have this 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, that division is incredible. The odds are so majorly stacked up against you if you are considering being the Arizona Cardinals head coach. I mean, think about it. Nick Saban got fired because he didn't have a head coach. Bill Belichick got fired because he didn't have a quarterback. Sorry, quarterback. Saban didn't have a quarterback. Belichick didn't have a quarterback. I don't know, man. I look at the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. That's a trap. I I don't know. I, I would stay far, far away from the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, think about this. They have... The 15th overall pick. Not a good pick. I mean, quarterbacks are all gone by then. The projected draft pick for the Cardinals is Mason Rudolph. The the Oklahoma State quarterback who, I mean, let's be honest, he probably hasn't taken an undersnap, if we're lucky. Like, considering, uh, depending on his offense in high school, he hasn't taken an under center snap since high school. And that's if he ever did that, even in high school. Ugh, yuck. I mean, that, that means Mason Rudolph is not NFL ready. He has not played in the NFL system possibly ever. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals job is just a huge mess. I don't know that I would want to take on. I mean, again, the Giants will have a quarterback. The Colts have a quarterback. They have Andrew Luck. The Titans have Marcus Mariota. The Lions have Matthew Stafford. Why would anybody go to the Arizona Cardinals? Tough division, no quarterback, a bad roster. I mean, it's also like 119 degrees there in the in the summer. I don't know, man. I, if I'm going to the Arizona Cardinals, I am taking a long, guaranteed contract with a ton of money. I mean, I, I am not taking any risks. I've seen, I mean, there, what's the old saying? There are two types of coaches in the NFL. Coaches with quarterbacks and, and coaches without work. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a job as a head coach in the NFL. And the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job seems like a, a death trap. I would avoid that at all costs. They better be very patient with their next head coach in Arizona. All right. Uh, this is the last story of the day. It's a fun one. Uh, I've seen a couple parallels recently. So recently I saw uh, Carson Palmer was, people were claiming Carson Palmer is a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, he has a ton, ton of 3,000-yard seasons. Oh, man. Well, the game changed. A 3,000-yard season today is not the same as 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I heard Terry Bradshaw, uh, he was on Colin, uh, some YouTube, Colin Coward, I think, on YouTube, talking about how years ago, 3,000 yards was unbelievable. And now, it's a joke. I mean, that's, uh, that was a great season 20 years ago. Now, it's like, I mean, that's 
5,000 yards is like people are hitting 5,000. 4,000 yards is kind of the standard in the NFL. The game has changed. Or you look at recently the Chicago Bulls, one of the guys for the Chicago Bulls, uh, Lori or Larry Marketing. I don't know how to say it. Uh, he made He's now the fastest player, 41 games uh, to reach 100 three-pointers made. I mean, that, that's faster than Steph Curry, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Michael Jordan. But, but so what? I mean, let's be honest. The game changed. Basketball has changed. People are shooting more threes than ever before. That doesn't mean he's an all-time player. It just means the game changed. In both instances, the game changed, yet the way we made the judgment stayed the same. So I have a theory. I have a theory. Uh, NFL ratings have been down. Uh, Viewership is down on NBC, ABC, Fox, NFL Network, every single network. Viewership is down. And therefore, the ratings, the way that they judge the ratings, make a look at the ratings are down in the NFL. Could it be that the game changed, yet we're still judging it the same way? Could it just be that the way viewership uh, is measured has stayed the same, and yet viewership itself has changed? The national championship, for many of my friends, Georgia, Alabama, that was the first time many of my friends sat down all season and watched an entire football game. Yet they're completely in the loop. They know everything going on in the NFL and college football. Uh, now, now I'm in college, I realize my demographic is skewed. The people I'm around have a different perspective than a lot of other people, but most people I know watch on YouTube. I mean, they they, they, they play fantasy football. They want to keep up with not only their team, but every every player on the teams they watch. Uh, the NFL YouTube channel is great. They have the highlights. I mean, it's better to watch highlights on YouTube now than it is anywhere else. YouTube is has completely changed the way people watch NFL football. Is it possible? Is it? I mean, maybe this is a giant, crazy conspiracy theory, but is it even possible? We're just judging viewership based on an old system, that, and, and the game has changed. Maybe, you know, the game has just changed. Maybe people are watching the NFL just the same as before. They're just watching on different platforms. They're finding a different way to watch games. They're watching through Reddit, or they're watching on YouTube. I think people are, if not just as much in tune with the NFL, if not more in tune more uh, in in, in there, more people are watching the NFL maybe than ever before, but it's possible we are judging viewership on an old system and the system has now changed. I think it's possible people are watching on YouTube, online, in different ways, and we just don't have a way of tracking it. Because again, three thousand yards used to be a great season in the NFL, and that changed. That became five thousand yards is a great season in the NFL. Three point shots in the NBA are shot like never before. Maybe, again, we're just watching the game in different ways and judging it the same way we used to 20 years ago. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I I love this podcast more than anything in the entire world. It's my passion project. It's my baby. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long to 45-minute podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best and most interesting clips on YouTube. We're going to be on Google Play very soon, going to be on Spotify very soon. Uh, like I, I submitted all the paperwork today. I just have to wait for them to do all the stuff they need to do. I don't fully understand how it works. It's coming very soon. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I put everything I have into this podcast. It's my favorite thing in the world. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I would love your help. Share this. There's a way to share a link on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever it is. Share the link to this podcast 
with your friends. Tell your friends about it face-to-face. I would love your help growing. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. I'm so very grateful. Um, I Once again, remember, if you are struggling with suicide, go get help. Suicide's awful. It's the worst thing I've ever been through. Um, I, I just... I can't say it enough. Uh, once again, the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. That is the suicide hotline. Or reach out to me on Twitter, on Facebook, and whatever it is. Uh, if you're having trouble on either side of suicide, go get help. Go talk to someone. My name is Zach Schaumler. I love you guys so very much. I'm so grateful. I love this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great day, everybody. Bam, bam, done.